Before coffee. I hate people. After coffee. I feel good about hating people. going on everybody thank you for joining it this is yours truly ralph william welcoming back to uh the routine of things i hope everyone is doing well thank you for tuning in you can follow me on twitter at the ralph william on twitter you can also follow my other social medias uh check the description box below to uh figure out uh where to go <clears throat> once again i want to say thank you for the guys listening in the live uh for those of you that don't know that are just uh finding the podcast i use this mobile app this uh podcasting application called podbean is p-o-d-b-e-a-n which you can do your own live shows on and do pre-recorded as well it's a one-stop shop to do all that is podcasting and uh make sure to go download that app if you want to join me live in the chat as we speak as the moment we have a listener in the chat by the name of shelby jack how are you shelby jack thank you very much for tuning in we greatly appreciate you and others that are joining as well thank you very much so for those of you that have not uh <clears throat> that are not aware of my podcast i give you a brief brief summary it's been a while for those of you that know you know for some of you that don't you probably don't I went away uh, from uh, doing live shows for about a month, maybe more. <clears throat> I uh, decided to give up. Well, my premise of my show is uh, this is called Coffee with RW in the morning. And I usually try and break down certain things in the news, theme-based subjects uh, around a conversation with coffee. And I'm sure a lot of people has done it. Uh, but I love coffee so much that, uh, you know, I decided to base, uh, base my podcast around it. But I did take a hiatus. I gave up coffee for 40 days. Uh, I used Lent as, uh, you know, the catalyst to do it. Uh, I don't really practice religious acts. I do believe in God. I do believe in Jesus Christ. But I uh, did not, I never practiced Lent. Uh, in my history, you know, in the past, but I used that as a way of doing it, and I stopped on uh, February twenty second. I had I did not consume coffee on February twenty second, and I continued on until um, April six. April six. Now, technically, doing the math in the calendar, I did more than forty days, right? But apparently. Um, you know, you're supposed to, I don't know when you're supposed to wait, but I did my, my time. So I'm back and I really, I feel a lot better. Uh, I noticed a lot of changes when I did not consume coffee. Uh, 
uh, to the point where I didn't want to do any shows anymore. I didn't want to do any podcasting anymore. Um, obviously, because you know, I based my whole my whole spiel around it. But I came back and uh, I immediately noticed the difference. Obviously, that caffeine rush. Uh, you'll be surprised. Kind of like smoking cigarettes. When I used to smoke cigarettes, thankfully I quit. I um, I usually found any excuse to have a cigarette. You find any excuse to have a cigarette, whether it be when you wake up, obviously after you eat breakfast or a meal. Uh, after you have intimate relations with someone, you like to have a cigarette, you know, after the bathroom, it's like every five minutes you're finding an, and I just found out that, you know, I've, I've noticed in my time away that I used coffee for about any, any situation, right? Obviously when you wake up, obviously after a meal, getting together, doing a podcast, even even DJ, for those of you that know know me or don't know me, I, I've been a bedroom DJ for over 20-something years, 20-plus 20 years, two decades. Two decades, people. And anyway, um, some people would uh, drink alcohol while, uh, while DJing. I drank coffee. But anyway, uh, for those of you that know, then... You, you'll know. For those of you that are new here, uh, I usually like to have a little traditional sip of coffee before I begin the serious conversation that I try and do. And um, for those of you who know, I hope you join in. For those of you who don't, I have a saying that I do. I wonder if I remember. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've said it. But here we go. If you have your coffee mugs, your travel mugs, your sippy cups, your doggy bowls, if you have a beer hat and you want to drink it like that, then go ahead and do so and join me in this sip of a welcome back cafecito. Mm. Oh man, this is delicious. This is what I've been missing. Mm. Oh man. Yeah, baby. I'm back. Mm. Today's um, choice, um, because of inflation, thanks, thanks, people. I've uh, picked up uh, the Great Value uh, Keurig coffee uh, at Walmart, but it's uh, donut shop flavor. Right. Is that a flavor, donut shop? I don't know. Uh, and, of course, with my tried and true silk almond milk coffee creamer, uh caramel flavor caramel so you can't go wrong with that combination so anyway <clears throat> let's get into it so <clears throat> a lot of things have been going on since i've been uh, away of course many things some people might enjoy some people might not for those of you that uh like uh the problems with our former presidente he's got he you know he got indicted all that good stuff and there's uh but there's also there's always like news on the side that nobody pays attention but here we go uh 
I found that in the UFC, because UFC likes to tie in culture with everything around the world, right? It's not just politics. People hate politics, and I it's understandable. I hate it too. But you can't deny that culture and politics come hand in hand. This is how some of our laws and things come together. But when politics sneak into culture, uh, it, you know, you can't help you can't help but uh, acknowledge it, right? So of course you have um, a UFC fighter mentioning former President Donald Trump and uh, wanting to get rid of uh, Joe Biden. But you'd be so. I mean, is this the crowd that goes to um, UFC events? Is that really a proper representation of the country? Or is it just a niche group of people that, you know, the, the Andrew Tates of the world? Is that is that the proper way? Is it the Andrew Tates of the world? Is it the is it the Kanye Wests of the world that uh, have a thing for for old Trumpy Bear? Hmm? I don't know. It's 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 rough to tell. I mean, of course, the media wants to let you guys know that no, it's just a small niche of people, a small niche of people that uh, really want to get rid of this guy or they praise the hell out of this guy but here is um here's a clip of this ufc fighter who uh really enjoys trumpy bear i don't know i'm a huge fan and i've appreciated everything you've done also i want to say greatest president in the history of the world sitting right there i love we also got the greatest governor of all time here in Florida. Let's keep Florida free, a red state, and let's take that. You know who? Let's go brand that motherfucker out of power and replace him. If I could get it just one time. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I'm out, y'all. 305 for life. Mas Vidal at the UFC. Of course, he uh, he said that about Trump. And, of course, you know, you saw the uh, photo op with Trump and Dana White. I wonder if this is a, um, I wonder if this is, I don't know, coincidence or whatever. But you have, uh, of course, the, uh, I, I don't know if it's UFC or the, or a parent company or I don't know, whatever, buying WWE. A lot of people, a lot of connections. For those of you that have watched uh, wrestling in the past, you've seen uh, Trump, obviously, on TV, right? In the WWE. And then, of course, uh, Vince McMahon's uh, wife you know, being involved in politics. So it's like an interconnection of these different things, right? Culture, Culture and politics mixing together in unison. But we we keep thinking it's a good thing, right? But what happens when it becomes a bad thing? Now, these things, 
apparently they sound great on paper but when you when you really dive into it it becomes an issue because you have what we've had in the past three years this uh this pandemic that we've gone through where they use the power of all three entities right media government big business to stifle down any contradictory information even if it is correct or just breaking down you know logic right because we need to be le- uh logistic right i don't even know that's a proper word but we need to be able to question things because if we don't then you know we're just following blindly one of the clips that i found is uh del big tree who is um who does a you know a, he has his own media outlet called uh, the high wire and uh, you can label him as uh you know anti-vax or whatever the case may be but you can't deny that uh, some of the information that they put out there which obviously is contradictory to you know the the uniting uh entities of government and big tech right um and he's involved with uh, a lot of lawsuits out there his company uh i can uh media group is uh pretty much the reason the reason why there's a lot of uh, freedom of in- information, uh, you know, requests out there to get a lot of the uh, FDA and, uh, you know, court papers and, uh, you know, big pharma documents that they don't want everybody else to know. But anyway, here's a clip that I found. Uh, I believe this is a recent clip of Del Bigtree uh, speaking with uh uh, DeGrasse Tyson, right? He's a big, smart guy, right? And going through, like, you know, this is kind of summarizing. This is what happens when you have a collection of entities together, right? It sounds good on paper, right? Because you think you're going to get um, the correct nitty-gritty of things. But when you do uh, a lot of the actual the process of elimination when it comes to like science right there's a there's a process to science it gets thrown out the window right because of this so let me uh play the clip this is del big tree from uh the high wire i can media talking to degrass tyson of course. And I believe, I actually believe that we are seeing a rise in all-cause mortality around the world, that many studies are now showing the more vaccinated a country was, the higher their excess mortality now. So we may retrospectively look back and find out that this vaccine is more deadly than the virus ever was. That still holds out for our reference to this. And then, armchair quarterback, we will decide who was glad they Monday signed on. Or, you know, Monday quarterback, okay. yeah. <laughs> we will decide who was glad they signed on to the Coast Social Contract. I do not believe that things can be mandated on me, especially. I, here's my problem. I cannot trust science, and my audience will not trust science, that continues to say we will not, not let top officials at the table that have now proven to be right. When we see emails that said just keep them out of the room, and they are the ones that ended up being right about this virus. I will not trust the head task force when they come forward and say, I always knew it wouldn't stop transmission, even though I and you and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson were telling you 
get it to protect each other. I always knew it never could do that. So we're going to have a hard time getting back to a place of trust. What we need now is a regulatory agency and people in charge that get back to actually listening to, as you said, those people that are challenging this from all sides. The challenge has to be allowed into the room, and it's not. Science is dead in my mind. The scientific method is dead, and I think the coronavirus experiment proves that we are in a, in a, in a terrifying moment of science. And I reach out to you to think about what we've said here today and say, is he right? Did the scientific method take place? Is it taking place now, retrospectively? Even if you want to argue in an emergency, we made decisions and we rushed things. Why is Peter McCullough and why is Robert Malone and the people that were right, why are they not at the table now? It's a valid question, right? <clears throat> For all the people that uh, have been censored over the years or the past months, well, these past three years, right? Who have been constantly told that they were right and um now of course some of you might not know this because there's a lot of uh censorship happening and despite what some people may say you know elon musk or whatever the case may be right it still does happen and as we'll get into uh, later on they want to make it a regular thing with a piece of legislation that's going to be coming uh that's going to be coming through and uh, I hope that everybody pays attention. I mean, of course, there's both sides to this, every story. There's a both sides to this. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, people can uh, really pay attention and put it out on your own social medias. Like, hey, maybe we should look into it. You know, uh, see if this is uh, the right thing to do. Right, but we'll get into that uh, few. Uh, I want to say thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at the Ralph Williams. Send me your DMs, whatever the um, whatever you might have on your mind, and uh, what things you would like us to discuss or you like me to discuss. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. You're listening to Coffee with RW. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ralph William from the Ralph William Podcast. I want to invite you all to join our Patreon, W E S N. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash WESN radio. That is our internet radio station that I have up and running. And I want to invite you all to get a little more intimate with yours truly and the OGs at WESN radio. So you're going to get extra content, one extra bonus podcast recording every week. And it's not something that you're going to find on other platforms or at the station. It is more of a relaxed, no holds barred, unfiltered version of yours truly and the OGs of WESN Radio. So we want you to come on over, be a Patreon, help support the station. You'll get extra content. Depending on the tier that you get, uh, you'll get more bang for your buck. So go to patreon.com forward slash WESN Radio and be a patron today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, man. This is Coffee with RW, uh, Ralph William. I hope you guys are doing well. <clears throat> Thank you for all the new listeners in the chat. I appreciate it. I hope you guys are, are doing good in your area. So going into the um, this whole collection of, uh, of entities hooking up, um, now, for those of you that are OGs, to my podcast, uh, I'd like to play clips from this uh, individual. Um, a lot of people don't like her because she's like, uh, 
a non-doctor doctor. But anyway, uh, she's one of the people that are uh, one of the many that are kind of like getting the information that uh, that nobody is supposed to know about. They were she was one of the first, or, or her organization was one of the first people to make a book, uh, really pointing out all the flaws of uh, Anthony Fauci and uh, you know the 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 entity that he works for and uh put all this stuff out before you started seeing it on on Fox or on your alternative media source you know of course I've been playing clips of that you know for 3 years right but and she continues on uh finding more stuff and she narrows down an article that she found on the epic times if you guys uh are familiar with that um really pinpointing you know the issues that we've had for the past you know three years and uh, what is to come in the next uh upcoming year i mean you we all think it's going to be better but i mean not really we, we all noticed the uh the show that they put on Congress that the emergency um, declaration is over, right? They declared it over, but is it really over though? I don't know. We'll get into that in a few. Here you go. Pam Popper. For those of you that don't know, look her up. And for those of you that hate it, eh, go get yourself a coffee. This article as the basis for what I want to talk about. It's by Jeffrey Tucker. It was in Epic Times and it's called the emergency is not over. And he says some things that I think are really important. I'm just going to read verbatim a few of these things. And then I have some commentary that goes with it that I think is important. And it also ties in with a lot of things that I've been telling you for a little over three years now. So Tucker starts his article recounting the disastrous consequences of three years of medical tyranny under the guise of protection from COVID. He writes that it was all psyops and that, quote, over time, the whole of the public sector gradually stepped away from the insanity once it became clear that, one, the mitigation efforts were achieving nothing, remotely close to the promise. Two, the vaccine had no public health benefit. Three, everyone got sick of COVID mania. And four, the courts finally started closing in on the whole racket. Five, the anger of regular people toward their lawmakers just finally boiled to the surface. What followed was the declaration of the end of the emergency by Congress, but Tucker's article really is about the fact that after everything that has happened, this just is nowhere near enough. He goes on to write, quote, the action by Congress speeds up the timeline, but what this changes precisely is unclear. It likely will not affect the emergency use authorization for the vaccines or tests because Congress very cleverly moved the authorizations of those to a different piece of legislation. And a comment that I'll make about this is that we have not wasted time on legislation because 90% of the time nothing passes and it doesn't go anywhere because, for example, there are three pharma lobbyists for every member of Congress. But the other reason is that even when they do pass something, they water it down and change it around so much that it's basically meaningless. And this is a very good example. 
that all of this was based on fake science, back to what Tucker's writing, and terrible misapprehension of the, of the true threat of the virus is very obvious, not perhaps from the mainstream press, but not that far away with a few mouse clicks. It takes only a few search terms to introduce one to a new information universe in which one discovers the whole of civilized life was shattered for no good reason, based on the posturing of a handful of government-funded bureaucrats who believe that they had more power than all the laws of the United States and the rights of people everywhere. And so doing, they worked hand in glove with big tech and big media to create the appearance of unity. It's a scandal for the ages, but all major power centers, media, academia, social media, and corporate America tried everything in their power to keep it all under wraps for the better part of three years. Congress didn't have to act, they chose to act to wash this disaster out of their hair because they faced pressure from below. Even then, their actions were opposed by the Washington Post, of course. The vote was largely symbolic, the paper wrote, but then adds several members of the White House COVID response team, including its COVID-19 response coordinator, Ashish Jha, are expected to leave the administration, according to sources. And Tucker writes, yes, of course, they'll leave the administration, all in an effort to make accountability impossible. The people who did this to us at most levels of society have gradually vanished from public life or we were pushed out. Of course, what I thought about was Fauci. The journalists who champion the lockdowns have gone on to other things. The academics are busy deleting posts. The pundits are deleting their pro-lockdown tweets. The think tanks that were either complicit or silent and therefore also complicit have moved on to pretend nothing happened. The politicians just want to change the subject. There are precious few apologies and no admissions of wrongdoing. It's as if the whole of the ruling class wants everyone to forget the horror of the last three years. Meanwhile, the pandemic response of brutal suppression of human liberty is now in the process of being codified as normal in the annals of the World Health Organization, even as Bill Gates argues for a new international bureaucracy to do it all over again. It was too gainful, too delightful, too thrilling for all those who benefited from this to pass up a chance to deploy it again. Remarkably, even after all these years, it's not clear precisely what it is they were trying to achieve beyond the largest and fastest redistribution of wealth from the poor and middle class to the rich in history. They paid attention to no particulars of the virus itself, much less treatments, but instead focused entirely on some elusive goal having to do with forever flattening curves and imposing a new way of life with full anticipation that the pharmaceutical companies would save the day, which they clearly did not. If we want true accountability, Tucker writes, rather than a global ruling class effort to sweep it all under the rug, it has to come from somewhere, starting with a continued deep dive into all the players, motivations, delusions, and corruptions. Then we need clear restrictions, not on people, but on states among which to curb these national emergencies that signal to the population that they're nothing but serfs and the power holders are their masters backed by the best science. And that, my friends, going to what I want to comment about this is exactly what we're doing at Make Americans Free Again. MAFA researchers, including me, have done the deep dive into the players and their motivation and corruption. We developed a 77-page dossier on just one of these characters, Peter Dajak, and included uh, 133 references just in that one document alone. So <clears throat> make sure to go look that up, uh, Make Americas free again uh pam popper look her up and uh judge for yourself what you think is uh is good information for you right i recommend it a lot of people might not like it but 
that's what this is all about right putting out stuff that you know people are not going to like but as long as they give you the option of doing it right because you can't just be censoring everybody but anyway going back to what uh she was uh summarizing in the article about all those people that uh a couple years ago really bashed the 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 alternate information that was being put out or at least trying to come out one of them that came to mind is uh, this clip from the 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 terminator arnold schwarzenegger you remember this uh, little clip that he put out a few years ago uh, talking about like screw your freedoms yes and the same is also with the virus there are people out there that are experts that study this year after year after year and that they experienced like dr fauci that has been in this uh, you know probably for his entire life i mean why would you not believe someone like that so and there's so many other scientists out there and experts on this subject so i believe them and i follow them very carefully and of course Sometimes uh, things are happening that are unexpected, so then you have to make the adjustments in order. But I think people should know there is a virus here. It kills people. And the only way we prevent it is, is to get vaccinated, to wear masks, to do social distancing, washing your hands all the time, and not just to think about, well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. Because with freedom comes obligations and uh, and kind of responsibilities. Yeah, you remember that stuff? Yeah, I remember that stuff. <clears throat> now, without like really tearing him down a lot, right? Because I, I enjoyed his movies. Right? I don't know how much of a good governor he was, but I did enjoy his movies. But there, there is one thing to say about freedom and there being responsibility. Right. A lot of us people in America, whether you enjoy it or not, you're here. Right. If you don't like this country so much, I mean, there's other countries you can go live in. Right. But if you're here, there is some responsibility, I, I believe, you know, with the, the freedom that some of us claim we enjoy, even though there are a lot of us that think uh, that freedom is an, you know, an illusion. Right. We're not really free. And, uh, some of us would say that this whole uh, making the United States uh, look like crap um, is really just an attempt to really show everybody how much of an illusion it is, you know, the, the so-called freedoms that we have. The only freedom that people have are, the only way that people can be free really is having the amount of money in this country to do whatever you can without any consequences. I mean, you have a former president being indicted, which has never happened before, right? Who's gotten impeached twice, right? Oh, you might not like his attitude. And that's to be understandable, right? There's a lot of people that I know that I don't like their attitudes either. But it takes a real strong person to admit when Maybe some of the things that they're doing, whether it's not diplomatic or not, it's up to you to decide, it might be right, right? it might be correct. But then again, you have a president, sitting president now, from what I understand, uh, that just now, they're going to, they're, they're, I don't know if this is BS, 
that they're going to start uh, getting papers together. I don't know why they're starting to get papers and evidence together to, uh, you know, to Biden's connection with, uh, you know, another country. Well, at least, well, a lot of people would debate, oh, it's not Joe Biden, it's his son, and there's no link there. Well, I mean, if you've been under a rock for two years or just on the other side of the media stream, you know, you would know that there was a connection. There's a lot of leaked voicemails out there with um, our president at the moment helping out his son with uh, dealings in other countries, rival countries, right? And yet there's there's no court, there's no, uh, you know, none of this stuff is coming to light. There's no indictment happening, right? No impeachment, you know, even with a bunch of evidence from a laptop, you don't see, you know, no questioning of uh, Hunter Biden, right? You don't see any of that. Or maybe there is and you just don't hear it, right? But... We do hear a whole lot of stuff about the orange man, right? The orange man bad. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, of course, um, we did hear, hear that clip with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he puts out a tweet. Uh, I'm not sure when this tweet was. Uh, pretty much uh, apologizing. Pretty much apologizing for his statement that he said, which is what Pam Popper was saying, that a lot of... A lot of the people out there that was pushing this um, this one this one think tank agenda are really backtracking on their statement. Uh, he says, uh, "Here's what else I'll say. I'm sorry for saying the words. I try to be relatively positive, but sometimes my <laughs> my mouth." gets ahead oh anyway you'll get it you understand what i'm trying to say you can look up arnold schwarzenegger's tweet and he's pretty much apologizing for what he said which uh even even an apology is enough right but you don't even get that from a lot of politicians or a lot of local governments i don't know you probably never will it's a lot of a lot of stuff being said or has been said that people don't want to take back. A lot of uh, talk about war, a lot of talk about taking to the streets, protests, a lot of burning down of uh, businesses. There's no apologies for that. No, I don't. I don't see a. I don't see an apology for that. Um, I wonder. I wonder if some of the people that have been to the Capitol who necessarily didn't do anything, right? Maybe they were just walking around. And I, and before you jump down my throat, uh, for those that did do harm to other people, they should be prosecuted. But for those that didn't, just for showing up, who were locked up for so long, is there an apology for them? Hmm? But anyway, probably not. And if there is, they're probably like, we apologize, but don't go saying it in, in the media. Right? Don't go saying that. Keep that on the wraps. Here's a check. 
here's a check for a couple thousand or maybe a couple million dollars. I don't know, but it doesn't really matter because the dollar is going to be devalued. Anyway, can you tell I'm, uh, I'm a little pessimistic today, even though I had my cup of coffee? Mm, that's the one good thing about this morning. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you, everybody. You're listening to Coffee with RW. We'll be right back. Having conversations about society, one cup at a time. Coffee with RW. Pour yourself a cup and join us. You know what? You're never going to be everybody's cup of tea, Amora. But that's okay. Because you're somebody's shot of espresso. Write it down. All right. <clears throat> okay. So, in uh, going through this whole thing about uh, you know big tech, big government, and all that stuff working together, of course, there's going to be a new campaign for our president at the moment. Uh, to reach out to a lot of social influencers. Because, of course, he needs all the help he can get, right? Because you you know you know how this guy is. So here's an article talking about the Biden administration uh, going to be opening up their doors to a lot of social media influencers because... That's where a lot of the young crowd gets their information. And he's, they're not wrong. I mean, the the old era of uh, reading newspapers, and, th- and I, I'm, I'm at fault to this too, you know? I like to go through a lot of uh, social medias to try and uh, just get a good summary without all that BS fluff around uh around a piece of news i just want the basic facts but anyway here's the article according to an axios report joe biden's campaign team is readying an army of social media influencers and intends to station them within a briefing room at the white house biden's handlers have apparently decided that the only way he's going to win another election against donald trump is by securing the youth vote a tough task given that he's the oldest president ever deputy chief of staff jen o'malley dillon said we are trying to reach young people but also moms who use different platforms to get information and climate activists and people whose main way of getting information is digital. Going after the brainwashed TikTok-obsessed woke crowd then, essentially. The report further notes that in February, the White Host brought more than a dozen influencers to a State of Union watch party and was asked by one when are we going to get press briefing passes, prompting the administration to become actually very responsive to it. It's like something out of idiocracy. Biden's handlers have done this before. Back in March last year, they hosted around 30 TikTok stars and gave them a briefing on events in Ukraine. White House Director of Digital Strategy, Rob Flaherty, decried that the influencers should be getting information from an authoritative source. The news also comes amid revelations that George Soros' son is a regular visitor to the White House, having been invited 14 times since Biden took office. Why? As we highlighted last week, Biden is drowning with voters on every issue, and only one-third want to see him win another term. When it comes to Democrats or Democratic-leaning independents, the majority, 54%, said they would prefer a different candidate, with only 44% giving approval of Biden as the nominee. Among voters under the age of 35, Biden is favored as a candidate by just 26%. Oof, 
Less than one third of voters want another Joe Biden term. Alert. I mean, it's crazy how uh, the oldest president is going to be looking for young people. Can you imagine, like, you imagine when you were a kid going to your grandparents' house, trying to have a conversation with them? Anyway, uh, the one thing that struck me from that article is that uh, George Soros, and uh, for anybody that's been listening to or have heard that name for so long, you know, the past couple of years, uh, that his son has had a lot of access to to the White House, right? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do, right? But from my understanding, this uh, George Soros guy, who is who is a billionaire, he's got money, money, he's peeing out money. Uh, he's pretty from from this clip that I'm going to be playing in a few minutes. Uh, from a from a 60 minutes um, interview in 2010, he uh, the the interviewee or did the interview? I'm sorry, the interviewer pretty much gave said that he is responsible for a lot of uh, financial collapse of a lot of uh, countries. And uh, for those of you that might be familiar, he has been like hands-on on a lot of uh, local elections here in the United States, right? There's a lot of uh, certain things that happen in other countries that he's doing here. One of the things that a lot of people want to argue with, I mean, you can argue about this, you know, however you want, that uh, a lot of the local uh, law enforcement, uh, you know, attorney generals and things like that, they're trying to, not be so heavy-handed on small crimes, right? But you can't deny that, uh, you know, some statistics would say that crime has gone up because of that, obviously, right? I guess you can debate on whether they're really tallying up what's a crime and what's not. But you can see the videos of a bunch of, I mean, this past couple of years, a bunch of robberies happening, nobody's being prosecuted, right? Gang members shooting each other in the in the streets. Nobody's really doing anything about it, right? But this guy has so much influence. His son, I think, reported going in, what, 14, 15 times into the White House, having meetings with a lot of important people in our government. I mean, I don't know. So uh, let me play this really quick clip about George uh, from George Soros in 60 Minutes in 2010, uh, really going through um, his time as, uh, a, you know, being Jewish, a 14-year-old, and, uh, you know, having to be taken in by someone and having to pretend that they are a Christian, right? So that they won't take them away, you know, to the concentration camps, to the, to the, the, the killing, the, the killing uh, areas for the Jews. So I guess when you have to survive, uh, you do what you got to do, right? But uh, it's, he says it, and maybe he might be right, who knows? But he says it that he, has no guilt over that 
You know, he has no guilt. This is um, in George Soros's words. You you guys can find it. I mean, you probably won't be able to find it on uh, YouTube or anything. You might have to go to Rumble or some uh, use a VPN or something to uh, to get these clips because they're trying to get rid of this stuff. And we'll get into that in a few minutes about uh, the legislation that's coming out. Oh, they're trying to push through uh, with that with uh, information on the internet. But anyway, here's George Soros and uh, his time. Uh, well, you'll get it. four of what happened to George Soros's friends and neighbors. You're a Hungarian Jew mm-hmm. who escaped the Holocaust mm-hmm. by posing as a, a Christian, right? And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and, and anticipate events. Uh, and uh, one, one is threatened. It was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. Yes. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child, you don't you don't see the connection, uh, but it was it created no no problem at all. No feeling of guilt. No. For example, that uh, I'm Jewish, uh, and here I am watching these people go. I could just as easily be there. I should be there. None of that. Well, uh, of course, I, uh, I could be on the other side or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there because uh, that was... Uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would would, would, would be taking it away anyhow. In other words, the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator, the property was being taken away. So I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? Soros told us he believes God was created by man, not the other way around, which may be why he thinks he can smooth out the world's imperfections. So maybe, and a lot of people would argue that uh, even, I think there is a couple of sayings out there, right? That uh, somebody's best intentions uh, at the end could be, the worst things that they do, like he might think that he's doing a good thing in uh, decriminalizing a lot of stuff, you know, in the United States, not prosecuting uh, uh, nonviolent crimes, right? But in contradiction, a lot of people would say, 
that in in New York City when um, <sighs> what's this guy's name Giuliani, right was uh, was a part of that. That uh, he, they had what is it called the broken glass uh, policy. Basically, if you go after small, um, you know, crimes, that you'll be able to find the big ones, right? And I guess it's it's turning on its head now with uh, the orange man, uh, Trump, right? They're pretty much going after him in something that seems like insignificant, right, compared to our president now and uh, having a clip out there circulating of actual quid pro quo, right, and and nothing happening to him, right? But uh, they're going after the orange man because they want to see if they can find something bigger. And here's something that I've heard in uh, other other podcasts, and I, I I try not to ever put out things as my own. I try to let you know that, hey, I didn't come up with this or I didn't think of this as somebody else's stuff, which is probably everything in, everything out there in the world. Nobody has an original thought. But anyway, that the actual law in our country, right, in the United States, is uh is no more it's being flipped where you search for the crime to get the culprit right i'm 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 paraphrasing i hope i'm saying this right that you're supposed to investigate the crime to find the culprit but now it's all about investigating the person in search of a crime so of course everybody's privacy everybody's information is up for grabs and gone through a fine comb in search of something that you've done to be prosecuted kind of like what i used to say a couple of podcasts a long you know podcasts ago Whereas, uh, of course, uh, going along George Soros, where he doesn't believe in God, right? And a lot of people out there believe the same way, that there is no God. A lot of atheists out there, they don't believe in God. They have that same mentality that God is man-made. You might be right, you might be wrong, who knows? But with that mentality, you tend to not just denounce the existence of spirituality right god something other than yourself but it seems like you want to change yourself into god meaning for me personally i think of god as some some entity that knows everything about you it's giving you in your mind, it's giving you accountability. It's it's helping you on some type of way of morality, right? And if you eliminate that, then there is no accountability. Now, I might be wrong, who knows, but this is just my perspective on it. 
Now, in in making man God or wanting to be God, of course, they try, you know, they they want to live longer, right? They want to know everything about you, all your information, right? Because when you know that there's an all-seeing, you know, let's replace God with government, right? An all-seeing government or dictator or whatever the case may be, then they feel like that would deter you from committing crimes. Kind of like in China, right? When when they have so much surveillance over their over their people, they have so much surveillance over their people, and you and when at least from what I notice, when you go to China or when you see China culture, they're very at least that's what it looks. I'm not trying to portray them uh, uh, in a wrongful way. This is what I think it is. A very docile, subservient, uh, respectful culture, people. Because the government makes them that way. Right? You might debate that's that's a good thing, right? It's a great thing. But that's that seems to be done out of fear. It's done out of fear and it's embedded in in their way of being. And the only problem that I have with that is that when you when it's done out of fear, you know, it really it kind of crushes the spirit a little bit to to do better things, to be better. Now, you can argue, you know, the atrocities in religion, right? And of course there has been. And you can say that about especially Christianity, right? And other religions. But as I always say, you can't destroy a philosophy or an ideology because of bad apples. Right? Like, if, it's even in government, like Trump, he might have been, you know, whatever you want to call him. But some of the principles that was said were things that you probably would agree with. But because a certain person said it, you just want to completely deny it. Now, I have issues with the current administration, right, in the United States. But that doesn't mean that I completely you know, do not want to listen to anything that they put out there. Um, I think one of the things that they pushed, at least the, the Biden administration pushed, is to try and bring back um, chip manufacturing to the United States, which I think is a good thing. Why would you, uh, chips meaning like for computers and things like that, right? In car manufacturers, why would you want to outsource that to other countries? Do it here in the United States. Build your economy here. Build the products here. You know, build new factories. You know, innovate here. Don't outsource, uh, you know, your assembly or whatever to other countries. Right? Just because the cost is down. And you're giving the other country... Uh, control over the resources. 
which is something that even uh, old Trumpy Bear advocated, right? That was his whole point. But anyway, I don't want to get too much of a tin. And that's my point is uh, <clears throat> when you and I'm not making this a religious thing, but that's what it feels like. It's like you're replacing uh, the spiritual part of religion with this Soros ideology that um, man is going to be the one to smooth things out as uh, the the twenty the sixty minute you know documentary was discussing. And one of the ways they and here's the segue to get into the the end part of this is the new legislation that they're trying to put out uh, the restrict act and uh, this is pretty much a a a uh, legislation governing the whole internet and of course you can call it like the tiktok band or however you want to do it but i'm going to give you two three different clips uh one from a government official a government representative tulsi gabbard uh this tiktok um tiktok uh influencer or i don't know what else to call her but she gives me the impression from what i've uh understood over the period of time that i've been watching her is that she doesn't put out any opinion she she literally puts out what the actual thing is right and then i'm going to play a last clip of the other side of that someone with an opinion to it so but this is what tulsi gabbard uh has to say about the the restrict act and they want well all three of them all three of these uh these clips individuals want you the people to pay attention to this now the restrict act not only makes it illegal for americans to use TikTok. It is the Patriot Act 2.0 for the internet. It would give unelected bureaucrats in the Department of Commerce complete and unfettered access to all the data in our computers, our phones, security cameras, uh, internet browsing history, payment applications, and so much more. It throws the Freedom of Information Act completely out the window, no transparency whatsoever, uh, and it criminalizes the use of VPNs with up to 20 years in prison and a million dollars in fines. Dangerously, we can't even challenge this in court. Now, this is a direct threat to our fundamental constitutional rights and freedoms, and it's a threat to our democracy. We cannot allow this to pass. Now, that's from the government. That's from, uh, she's from, Alaska, not Alaska, uh, Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard. I hear it's a beautiful state, Hawaii. Um, and, and that's that's her point of view. She is a former Democrat representative coming on over to, I think, Republican. So, how, whatever you might, whatever you want to say about that. Now, here is the I forgot her official name, but uh i'm sure you can find i'll put the the link to this to all these clips in the description box below but this is a, a TikTok uh, influencer who goes through all the news and hopefully according to her 
just lays out the facts with no opinions. And uh, here's what she has to say about the Restrict Act. Restrict Act and what it does, and more importantly, what it does not do. So let me start with this. I'm not saying this legislation is good or bad. I don't share opinions. I just want you to have the facts because it seems like a lot of people on this app have it wrong. So this video is intentionally long because it actually has the details as laid out in this 55-page bill. It's really important to understand the Restrict Act isn't new. I actually told you all about it when it was first introduced in this video on March 7th, and I've talked about it several times since then. As I said then, and I'm telling you now, this only applies to information and communications technology products and services from companies based in countries the United States deems foreign adversaries and has more than a million US users or purchasers. The products and services can include desktop or mobile apps, gaming apps, payment apps, services integral to AI, robotics, biotechnology, and more. The countries specifically called out as foreign adversaries in the legislation, China, Cuba, Iran, Russia, North Korea, and Venezuela, but of course, more could be added to that list. So this would apply to any company owned or based in any of those countries that provides those specific types of products or services. The restrictions in the Restrict Act do not apply to U.S.-owned companies, but it would impact U.S.-owned companies that do business with those specific foreign companies that fall into those specific categories. If this bill is passed, those transactions could not happen anymore. The other thing to understand, the Restrict Act does not outright ban TikTok. Oh, no, 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 no. This legislation is much broader than that. The Restrict Act specifically gives the Department of Commerce broad power to investigate a foreign company and deem whether its products or services pose a national security threat. Once that determination is made, the Commerce Department gives the president an assessment of what should be done to squash the threat. One of those remedies could be a ban or a forced sale. Then this bill would give the president alone the power to implement the remedy he or she sees fit. And yeah, if it's passed, there are both criminal and civil penalties for those who violate the restrictions that could include fines up to a million dollars or 20 years in prison. The Restrict Act is more about a procedure that can be harnessed by the U.S. government against companies based in countries that the U.S. government deems foreign adversaries and a national security threat. The last thing to understand about the Restrict Act, there is wide bipartisan support for this bill, but that doesn't mean this is over. This bill can still change as it moves through Congress. So in the meantime, I will send out the Restrict Act bill language again tonight in my News Girl News Roundup email. It is actually an easy 55-page read. Now, of course, you guys can all look this up for yourself and uh, give it a read. <clears throat> now, of course, like she says, this is gonna this could change as it moves along. If it moves along, right? Um, hopefully, a lot of people would uh, put a stop to that. Now, it all sounds good and all, right? Talking about yeah, I mean, this sounds great. When you have countries that you deem to be an adversary, right? you wouldn't want them to have our information, our informatie. No. But what, how do you do that when uh, you want to have this one global government, right? If everybody works good together, right? There's no adversaries amongst countries even though they were talking about like some battleships surrounding Taiwan right now. But anyway, there's no adversaries amongst countries. No. So if that's the case, then, you know, we won't need to ban you or we'll just collect all this information from everywhere. And there's no problem. 
the one thing that people that I find trouble is why only the president has probably not just the president, but clearly it said that the president would have control over who they deem to be an adversary and who, you know, I don't know. Just it's fishy. It's fishy. But anyway, it's being it's making its rounds on social media and a lot of podcasters and influencers are talking about it. And here's the third clip. Like I, I gave you both sides. I gave you uh, politicians uh, talking about the Restrict Act. Somewhat of a no-nonsense, no opinion, just basic facts, information about the Restrict Act. Now, here's an influencer. I'm not familiar with this person's podcast, but this is what they have to say about the Restrict Act. And let's see you know, if any red flags pop off for you. I mean, of course, either way, uh, if it keeps going, there's going to be a significant change on how you get your information. And even if you do get information, you know, are you going to get penalized for not getting the the information that they want you to get? Hmm, I don't know. The U.S. government has officially lost its mind. Philip DeFranco recently pointed out that Senator Rand Paul actually just made a really good point. Every accusation of data gathering that's been attributed to TikTok could also be attributed to domestic big tech. And crazily enough, it's not just Rand Paul who's starting to make sense. On the other side, we've got AOC saying this. It just doesn't feel right. Now, whether it's Rand Paul or AOC, they're all alluding to something that they're not saying out in the open. So I'll do it for them. What the TikTok ban and the Restrict Act is actually about is most simply illustrated by something going on in social media right now, today. If you search France on Instagram, this is what comes up. But on TikTok, if you search France, this is what you'll find. The TikTok ban and this whole concept of the Restrict Act is about anything but control because people are actually communicating on this app in real time globally if you don't believe me try the france search bar thing on your instagram and then on tiktok and look at the difference yourself because all of this sounds like it's from a george orwell novel but the reality is this is 2023 in the united states of america that's supposed to be the land of the free where people's freedom of speech and access to information is supposed to be unrestricted because the irony here is if it wasn't for this Chinese app, TikTok, we wouldn't know what was going on in the world because this isn't covered anywhere else. And it's because Western superpowers and the tech companies that they are in bed with don't want us to know that the rest of the world is just as unhappy with their leadership as we are. They don't want us to realize globally that we're not as different as we think we are. They don't want the cat to get out of the bag that governments globally have no idea what they are doing. And they're trying to combat that by squeezing their grip of control even tighter across the world. And although the United States of America is the last place that you would expect some sort of totalitarian grasp for power and control of the media, it's happening before our very eyes. So keep that in mind the next time you hear somebody trying to convince you that TikTok is actually the problem here. The US So <clears throat> there you go, man. That is three perspectives about the Restrict Act. Uh, one thing that I do want to say about that last clip is that they are correct. A lot of things that I've known, and I'm sure a lot of people can attest to this, that we've known of what's going on in the world, we know because of that app and maybe Rumble, right? But definitely not on Instagram, maybe not on Facebook, 
because that's being controlled by our government. But that, but TikTok, I mean, psh, get most of your your information uh, from there. You hear about the dollar collapsing. You hear about the protest in France. You hear about a protest that happened in Italy. I think some happened in Brazil. A lot of different countries, like that podcaster said, is revolution of its people going against the government, right? But you won't find that on MSNBC, right? Probably not even in Fox, maybe. So something to think about. That's the overall theme of what I'm uh, talking about today. Is It might sound good on paper, a unison of government entities, social media outlets, big technology. It might sound good on paper, but if it's controlled by a small group, then there's not really freedom. You're not really free to learn what you want to learn. You're just going to learn what they want you to learn. So that's what I have to say about that today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I really appreciate you and your time. Remember, follow me on Twitter, at the Ralph William on Twitter. Uh, make sure to join our Patreon as well to support my internet station, WESN. And I hope you guys have a blessed morning with your cup of coffee, your tea, whatever you deserve, whatever you feel like having in the morning or in the afternoon, I'm going to enjoy my damn coffee. And I'll catch you guys on the flippity flip. Remember, stay humble, stay hungry, and you'll always be blessed. Peace! about society, one cup at a time. Coffee with R.W. Un cafecito. Pour yourself a cup and join us. Es un cafecito. Es un cafecito.